0: nerds. It's me, your internet buddy, Tony Sindelar. Uh Welcome back to the Incomparables TV coverage of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, perhaps you've tuned in before. If not, uh, here's the format. It's me uh, and, a, and a guest who talk about an episode of Batman that we have not already talked about. Because uh, when I did my, uh, my, my list of top 10 for the Incomparable 296, lots of people were like, why didn't you talk about episode X, Y, or Z? And if those people were nice, I invited them to be on the show and talk to me about an episode that we hadn't talked about yet. So uh, my guest today is uh, Joe Rosenstiel, uh or Joe Steele, as you are sometimes known. Uh, and we're going to talk about the episode Feet of Clay. Hi, Joe.
1: Hi. I guess the bar for being nice is pretty low, huh? Uh,
0: No, you're pretty nice. You're way oh, okay. up there. okay. Yeah, Joe. Joe and I are not on a lot of podcasts, but when we are, we're often like the quiet people. So this episode's gonna have a lot of like long quiet pauses for people to do quality thinking.
1: We should we should just have like a, a ten minute gap, <laughs> just just right just in the right middle here right
0: <laughs> now. That's good. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> a moment of silence. Um, so, uh, Joe. Um, uh p- people might know uh Joe Steele from his appearances on various incomparable shows, uh and from uh his own podcast that he does, uh Defocused. Yes. Did I say that right? Okay. I was like Yeah. No, oh. it's
1: it's defocused. Um but uh
0: it, it's, <laughs> it's it's a technical term, yes. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's defocused. And we're on we're also on the incomparable network, yep. although it's it is very little uh crossover with the, the main show. Uh mm-hmm. I mean, Glenn was on it one time, but uh and, and Jason's been on it twice. Um, but that's about as crossovery as it gets at the moment.
0: You invited me to be on it once, and I could not due to scheduling, which was very sad for me. So I know yeah.
1: I, I really, yeah. I really wanted to hear because it was it was going to be our episode about a uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. I have um, a little
0: bit of feelings about Star Trek Four, so I, I, yeah, just it, a little bit. That
1: is specifically why I wanted to talk to you about it because it, you yeah. know it's just it's it is your alley. It is it's yeah. not right up your alley. You own the alley. It is yours. I,
0: I mean, we all own it in a way, but like. Mm. But I've got a reserved parking spot on that alley, so it's it's a fire hazard. Um, so yeah. So anyway, we are not here to talk about Star Trek. I mean, we could be, but we're not. Um, this is this is not random Trek. This is not non-random Trek. This is semi-random Batman. Uh, and you know, you were not part of the panel, so I wanted to uh, that we did for Incomparable Two Ninety Six. So I wanted to make sure you had a chance uh, if you wanted to just kind of talk uh, generally about kind of. Uh, Batman: The Animated Series. Uh, thoughts and feelings on it is, you know, is this something you watched as a kid or discovered later? Um, you know, what what is what does Batman mean to you, Joe Steele? <laughs> well,
1: Batman means justice. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Bat- uh, when I was a, uh, I watched it when I was a kid. Uh, we're, we are about the same age, uh, and it was on the local Fox Syndicate, I believe, uh, when it first premiered. Although it is a Warner Brothers show, they didn't have their channel with the cartoon frog at the time uh and that it migrated later on um and there were oftentimes uh instances where they would show reruns of things they had previously shown on the fox network re-rebundled and packaged with uh Superman episodes and things mm-hmm. of that nature um and uh i haven't i'm I'm not sure if I've seen technically every single episode I think I have but it's been so long that i also might have completely forgotten every single episode. uh there there were moments of uh right after you guys did your episode. uh there were moments where i had uh, where i remembered things about the episodes while you guys were discussing it. um i had watched the first few and then uh, uh uh before you guys had done the podcast and then uh caught up on them afterwards and then i was going back through the catalog and going through some of the other ones that i had personally remembered but uh like feet of clay
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, uh harlequinade um and th- those ones where i was just like why don't you talk about this you know the the super annoying thing and the that that was what led me here to this i in the slack i bothered you about it i was just like oh man i because there are so many that you guys went over and it would have been arduous you basically would have done like 20 or 30 episodes if you'd done like really all of the good ones uh so i i can't imagine that the, the really scales to discuss every single good episode of the, the series. There's a lot uh, of good
0: episodes. They're not all good, but there's a lot of good ones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And especially the ones where it relies on information that you would have gotten from, uh, another previous episode. Like, you know, if you're watching a later Mix- Mr. Freeze episode versus the introduction of Mr. Freeze, it's mm-hmm. different. Um, if you're watching, uh, you, you know, uh, killer croc or if you're watching uh, uh some of the joker episodes um although the joker episodes you can kind of watch it out of sequence because they
0: he just, doesn't he doesn't yeah. evolve a lot as a person so no he's a, he's a little locked in in time and place uh, so he, not a lot of growth for the joker uh, no so, yeah. yeah
1: it's mostly it's mostly the the, the harlequin stuff but she yeah. also doesn't really
0: change much over time um we yeah yeah. We get we kind of we more we get I guess we get filled in a little bit more about why she is the way she is and what happened to her I guess uh, but yeah she doesn't she doesn't expand on that much uh, sometimes she'll expand and then she'll, she'll uh, cycle back to where she was by the end of the episode unfortunately so kind of yeah. tragically yeah so, like, like kind of
1: like Harlequinade uh, yeah. but the uh, spoiler alert for several decades old cartoon uh, but yep. the uh, the. The other thing was uh, after this was uh, Superman and Justice League. Superman I never really super got into. Um, I watched some episodes, but uh, there was just something about it where I don't really... So- sorry, Timothy Daly. You did a good job, but I just don't really care about Superman that much. Um, I-, I really liked the the Brainiac episodes. Uh, those ones are neat. Uh, Corey Burton does a-, a really cool HAL 9000-esque Brainiac, mm-hmm. although I'm given to understand it has nothing to do with what the character's like. And... Uh, I-, I liked some aspects of the Justice League, and when they did Justice League Unlimited, I was just like, this is- kind of looks like flash animation compared to the first mm-hmm. run that you guys did, and it was sort of all over the map in terms of like what would possibly be in an episode. So sometimes you would get like a, a really close, intimate little character vignette on-, on someone, and then other times you'd get some bananas two-parter through time and space and touching on Batman Beyond episode Um, so which is actually kind of good if you watch that episode but it I mean it really just was all over the map and then it sort of seemed to have fizzled out afterwards and then I think uh, uh, the the creative parties involved have been involved in different aspects of the comics and in animated ventures since then Um, but it, but it, it's not like it was, you know, back when you were watching Batman, the animated series or, uh, the, the other groups of series.
0: Uh, it it sounds like you've, you've watched a lot. You've even probably watched stuff. I have not, I have not watched, I've watched very few of the, uh, the Superman animated series. Uh, I just recently finished watching all the Batman animated series episodes again in order. And so I'm now going to go and watch the Superman animated series because, you know, people like it. Uh, I want to check it out. I am not a big Superman fan, but, uh, I have consumed so much of the other, like DC animated universe that it's like, eh, why not? I'll fill in fill in this one <laughs> gaping hole I have, because um, I've because I I've, I love uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, and uh, I've obviously seen Batman many times, and I've seen Batman Beyond a couple times, so uh, one more little chunk to to fill in there. So, uh, tonight we are talking about, uh, a two-parter. Uh, this is the first time we've done a two-parter on, uh, this podcast, but, like, there's no rules. We're making up the rules as we go, so we can do a two-parter. Why not? Um, and the episode we are talking about is, uh, Feet of Clay. Uh, your non, uh, your spoiler-free preview, if, you you know, most of the Batman animated series episodes, you can basically figure out, uh, what villain is going to be in them based on the name of the episode. Uh, and so this is the introduction of Clayface, if that's a Batman villain, uh, you are familiar with. um and we are going to uh, probably talk about that episode in uh, pretty good detail. So, uh if you want to watch that again, episode again before you hear us talk about it, you can pause your podcast now and uh and go listen to that. So, yeah. All right. So, we are now going to talk about Fetoclay uh parts 1 and 2. Uh Joe, you know, we can if I don't know if you want to like hop through these piece by piece or if there's just particular uh chunks from it that you thought were uh particularly interesting or or worthy of discussion. Uh I, I like this episode or two parter episode a lot. Um, I think it's 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 fun and it's also got some kind of weird out of character moments compared to the rest of the show. Uh, and I, I think that you know uh, Clayface is a, is a a kind of a great villain and they they do a pretty good job with him in this uh, this particular set of episodes. Um, what, why did you pick this episode?
1: Uh, well, this was one of the ones that really just stuck out in my mind. Um, mostly from the second part uh, of this, and I, I should say that uh, since we fired off the spoiler horn, um, the the first and second half of this, the part one and part two, uh, are, feel very different. Um, in terms of pacing, and in terms of uh, the story structure, and even in terms of the animation. If you're somebody who's paying attention to the little tiny details. Um, then you might notice that if you're not, then it might completely wash over you, and you're you're fine with it. But uh, the the first half of this is animated by one company, and the second half of this is animated by a totally different company. And the second half is more like uh, is, is a more fluid, like almost Japanese anime kind of style, and that's because it's by uh, I think it was Toki Muvio Shinshara. Um, I may be misremembering that. And then the first half of this is by a different company, and they just sort of aren't as smooth i'll say um and uh, you you might not be paying attention necessarily to those things but they they always stick out to me when i'm watching it uh because i have a tiny background in animated things and the the first half of this is also kind of slow it feels like almost like they had more than the part two side of it and they wanted to expand it and sort of like front loaded into this. So the first half of this uh, in part in the part one inside is definitely slower than the part two side.
0: Yeah. I, 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 especially with part one, it felt like they kind of, there was a little bit of, I don't know if it's quite dead air, but like they had some room to fill and like, and in some ways it's, it's a little nice gets a little more casually paced. I I mean, having recently rewatched a bunch of these episodes in pretty quick succession, um, most episodes of Batman the anime series are like very tight and like and move briskly, right? It's like we're gonna have like, you know, four major things that are gonna happen in twenty two minutes. We we don't have time to uh, time to spare. Uh, part one of this one is kind of moves a lot more leisurely, and it, it's it's kind of you know I th- I think you can kind of get the sense that like they knew that they wanted Clayface to kind of be created at the halfway point and they didn't have quite as much to um to do with well what's going to happen before that uh, I was even kind of surprised in, in, you know, I'd seen this episode many times, but rewatching it uh, today, uh, you know, basically the incident where Roland Daggett's thugs are tr- uh, transforming uh, Matt Hagen into Clayface. I-, I was surprised how earlier in the episode that is. It's not until, like, kind of the last moment that we get the reveal, but, like, he gets turned into Clayface. And then there's other weird things that happen to, like, pad out another, you know, five to six minutes before we get to the very end.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it has a very peculiar structure because we start with this very slow uh noir you know person in a car going to an alley and it's all spooky and weird and you don't know what's happening and uh that that is very slow there are some very long takes especially for animation where not yeah. much is happening um so you're mostly looking at backgrounds <laughs> with uh things slowly moving across the frame uh but uh that That feels slow and weird, and then you go to the uh, very small action scene of Batman busting up the the guys, and he does that because he hears a gunshot, which is spectacular, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because that is some good hearing.
0: Yeah. He's on, he's on patrol and thankfully he's in the warehouse district, uh, you know, or one of where Gotham's many, many warehouse districts and he's in the do right you, place at the right time.
1: Do you think there's nicer warehouse districts and, and less nice warehouse districts? Do you think there's like the Beverly Hills of, of, I think of there's like warehouse yeah, there's, districts? You
0: gotta have like your full gradation of warehouse. Cause like, I mean, I think you got up at your top, you have like your warehouses where they keep nice stuff in them, right? Like maybe, uh, like uh, fancy luxury goods that are getting imported and they have high security. And then you got your mid range. It's your standard warehouses, which is just boxes. And then I don't know what you have at your bottom range, but like, I don't know. Is is fish kept in warehouses ever? Like they take it off a ship and it's in a warehouse and then it goes to a fish market. So they probably don't smell so great. Um, so, yeah. So this is like this is this is in your mid-tier warehouse district. Though actually it looks like it might be like actually like an abandoned bus station or something like that. It was I forget if it was clear where they were, but somewhere not uh, not with a lot of foot traffic in the middle of the night in Gotham. Um and this is our first yeah. introduction I think in the animated series to uh uh Lucius Fox, who's uh Bruce Wayne's um I mean he he does a lot of this version of Batman Bruce Wayne is a little bit more competent of a business person a little bit more involved in uh in running Wayne Enterprises but uh you get this I guess Lucius Fox is his like second in command and and does a lot of stuff too.
1: Yeah, I I was going to ask you about that. There there seem to be a lot of firsts in this uh mm-hmm. in terms of the cuz I this is fairly early on in the series run. But the the uh this is of course Brock Peters um who has played several characters in Star Trek, uh several notable characters in Star Trek. Uh and uh so I, I like listening to him. Uh, he does he does also a little turn as as one of the reporters hollering questions at the beginning of part two. Um and he he does not disguise his voice very well when he when he when he's supposed to not be Lucius Fox. But uh uh it was good to have him as Lucius Fox uh here, although you don't necessarily know the details of their involvement, like you said. Because it's the first time they meet. It is one of those things, though, where I've seen Lucius Fox in other contexts after this. So now I can't even remember if I knew who he was at the time I watched it the the first time. But uh, but yeah, there there is this very awkward exchange of these documents, which is done for some reason here.
0: Uh, Business reasons, Joe. Business reasons.
1: Uh, is this a normal Wayne Enterprises thing? I mean, I don't I don't even know how this information came to uh lucius fox to to go do this it, i mean did did it get slipped under his door like did somebody send it to him in the mail like it doesn't seem like somebody called him up and was like yes we're totally meeting here to exchange the secret documents we talked about earlier but uh they they, they meet there to exchange the secret documents and there's a reveal oh no it's bruce wayne and he's acting very peculiar and uh bruce wayne is is of course uh acting indeed very peculiar and also like really hamming it up um in terms of like oh now we'll get rid of you blah, blah 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 that that that's sort of angle um which must be fun for kevin conroy to do at the time since this wasn't really supposed to be batman and then when we cut away to batman who hears the gunshot uh that that's when we're like oh something is up not that we were ever thinking something was up before uh and the, you know batman goes in and everybody's like oh no it's batman and he's like you know i forget what he says it's something like you're out of here scumbags or something like you know his usual uh crime fighting one two punch uh not not, not a dark wing duck entrance
0: but you know, still there's some good. gears to fight on there's a lot of interlocking gears in the in the batman animated series world there's always gears that are you know that they get to tussle near and it seems really dangerous and it's like why are there open gears in this in this place but there are <laughs> oh. Yeah,
1: it seems it seems very peculiar uh the layout and geography of this place but uh mm-hmm. he, he takes him down, he busts him up uh and Lucius Fox uh unfortunately succumbs to child cartoon pain.
0: Yep. <laughs> okay. he gets a sign, a sign dropped on him because people fire guns <laughs> but instead of shooting anyone, they shoot a sign that falls on him uh, uh, and knocks him out. Um
1: which is weird cuz you know, if you think that if you saw a sign, it would open up your eyes. But uh, he's he's out of it for the rest of the episode, really. Uh-huh. Not good. <laughs> but, uh, the... He, so, it's weird because Batman doesn't really seem to be paying attention to much of the details that are going on here. Because uh, he goes back to his Batcave, uh, presumably immediately after this, and then wastes a lot of time there. Uh, doing his facial... 3D reconstruction software, but uh, before that, we get the the whole thing with the reveal with uh, Matt Hagen, um, mm-hmm. who, who was playing Bruce Wayne, um, and that he's out of the stuff that lets him reform his face, uh, which is an interesting if somewhat troubling concept, uh, and and he uh, he gets that from his buddy uh, Teddy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm not super clear on the relationship of. Matt Hagen and Teddy. Uh they seem closer than close friends, but also it's sort of weirdly abusive and like you're not hired to be my nurse. But at the same time it's like he made him like a turkey dinner and moved into his place. Anyway, I don't understand.
0: It is it's very strange. Uh and I, I cause I watched for that really closely in this in this rewatch. because uh, there's only you know, they don't have a ton of dialogue that they share. Um but like, I think there's some subtext there where like it's, uh, that they may have, I mean, it's a kid's animated show from the nineties, so they're probably <laughs> limited in what they can say or do. Um, but like, I think there's some subtext there and they certainly wanted to leave open the implication that they have, uh, potentially an, a romantic or intimate relationship because otherwise their relationship is very weird. Right. Cause they're, they're very close. They seem to be very close friends, uh, Teddy is in on his secrets in fact kind of multiple secrets right like he knows that Matt uh is been in this accident and that he has this uh secret disfigurement and he is like helping him out like with like basically managing his you know (laughs) science fiction medication uh slash drugs yeah slash drugs (laughs) uh when Matt goes missing later in the episode like he's taking a cab around town looking for him um and then he he's literally like Matt's freaking out in front of a mirror and he's packing his clothes and then he's like staying with him. Um, and there's even – there's a line when it's after he has become Two-Face and he discovers uh, that he can change his his face. Uh, he has a line where he says, it doesn't have to be over. You can go on. We can go on. Um, yeah, And, you know, I mean you could say that it's like, well – because I think the implication is that like he's like – Stand in or stunt double or something like that, so their their uh, professional relationships are connected but I think that that is i think that's some pretty heavy subtext but it is i mean it's it's kind of tragic because um i mean and there's also uh, several th- times where even after he's clayface uh, like Teddy is like uh, uh physically like touching clayface and things like that and like comforting him you know, um, and and even though he's now this kind of monstrous uh creature. But Matt is even before he becomes Clayface is extremely like verbally and physically abusive to him, right? And he's he's screaming and throwing stuff, and then later throws him like across a room. Um, mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I think I mean this version of Clayface is a pretty impressive depiction of a villain in the in the Batman animated series. Um, I mean, he's really it's it's this is a very dark episode, um, and there's there's parts about it that are very cartoonish and weird and. You know, maybe even a little inconsistent with other uh, episodes in terms of their tone. But, like, Clayface as a villain is, is pretty dark in terms of it's, like, he's this person who has a horrible accident. And then he basically becomes a drug addict. And then he becomes a monster who is grappling with the fact that, like, his humanity is gone. Because um, he is kind of one of the most inhuman of the the Batman villains, too, right? I mean, though that, that is a theme a lot, across a lot of Batman villains. You have people that are, you know... Like they're they're trapped in a frozen suit, or they they turn into a giant bat at night, or, um, you know, or their half of their face is uh, horribly scarred. Um, but so, his, science his, is the worst, yeah. Science, especially in science in corporations, Joe in <laughs> Batman, because um, Roland Daggett is like your secondary villain here of the like evil, uh, evil capitalist who has thugs and has factories with giant vats and, uh, cr- you know, create some villains, uh, himself. So yeah, so science corporations, uh, lead to trouble in Batman, the animated series. Um,
1: yeah. Cause, oh, did, uh, w- was the origin story of Mr. Freeze before or after this?
0: Uh, I believe that it is after it also gets confusing. Cause there's like the production order and the airing order. All oh, right. Um, yeah. This is a very early in terms of airing, uh, order um uh, so i believe mr freeze is later but maybe i don't know i forget what they are in production order so yeah. I, I believe this is later there's also there's a lot of kind of parallels with the like the structure of this episode to like the two-face episode mm-hmm. uh which actually kind of undermines it like it's it's it follows the same beats so closely and it like it, you know it, the two-parter ends with him becoming two-face and like staring in a mirror and yelling and stuff and it's uh it i think in the i think in a lot of ways this one's stronger um but yeah, but I, I think I think Mister Freeze is later, and that's definitely another, especially because Mister Freeze in earlier versions was always kind of, uh, kind of more of a comic or ridiculous type uh, villain. They make him pretty dark, so
1: yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, but but I just mean in terms of the. Uh, guy in charge of evil corporation interest interested only in profits yep. uh, has science thing that causes problem. <laughs>
0: yep. I mean, and the, there's yeah. the guy who uh, basically rips off uh, the Riddler's intellectual property. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of evil CEO types in uh, in Gotham. So what, uh, what we really
1: need is more regulation in Gotham. Is,
0: is, yeah, that's my yeah. feeling because um, there's there's a lot. I, you know, I, I, this this show as seeing this as a young child repeatedly may have uh, imprinted did some uh some of my uh, philosophies early on in me in ways that were not necessarily even-handed but but i'm doing okay <laughs> yeah alive.
1: well at least it wasn't uh uh, has, uh hopefully hasn't influenced your opinion on torture because uh we get the batwing um and the sort of water torture-esque <laughs> kind of it's very yeah. strange um but uh it's one of those things where i'm sure watching it as a child it didn't phase me at all but watching it as an adult i was like you know, it's actually kind of messed up what he's doing right now.
0: Uh, it's, it's hard yeah. to process that scene. Uh, so so in episode one, uh, he, there's – I mean, Batman doesn't do a lot in the first half of Feet of Clay. No, uh, he, He's in a fight. He spends time. He remembers punching a jaw but doesn't remember what the guy looked like and then later figures out who he is uh, and goes after him. And there's this extended scene where he basically first kind of psychologically tortures him because – uh, w- Roland Daggett has two uh, thugs, and I guess in, you know it's kind of interesting in that they they kind of have quirks or affectations as opposed to just being like nameless, faceless thugs. Because there's a lot of nameless, faceless thugs, and so one of them is a germaphobe, and one of them his gimmick is that he's always listening to a police scanner. So first, Batman psychologically tortures him by putting out like a fake APB for him, uh, which spooks him, and he gets in his car and drives away. Then he takes his plane, his Batjet, Batwing, and goes and like basically is like buzzing him and then like flies into a tunnel with him, which seems super unsafe for the other cars that are not <laughs> driven by uh, a wanted murderer slash, I mean, thug. Uh, and he picks up the, the car with his bat wing, which seems like a really bad idea. And then has a little robot arm that pulls the the door off. And then it's like, it's pretty disturbing that he then like goes like the little robot arm goes in and like grabs the guy and then drops the car and he's like talking to him on his little speaker, and it's like, yeah, uh, it, you know, I mean, Batman is, I mean, there's always the kind of joke of like he doesn't kill people, but like, yeah, he'll drop people off buildings and horribly, yeah. Maim them, right? Yeah, but he doesn't kill people; just horribly maims them. Well, um, a, man, a man has to have standards, right? Yeah, yeah, just a very specific standard. Um, but it does, I, and I mean, I guess I, th- I feel like the th- the the point in the story that we're supposed to kind of kind of pick up on that I think is not very well told is that like he is um, I think they do a little bit better with again the other weird interrogation thing when he Mm -hmm. interrogates the second goon um, in the next in the second half of the two-parter is I guess that he is furious that uh someone is impersonating bruce wayne um but i don't think the episode does a great job of explaining that as batman's motivation and it just comes across as very weird and -hmm. like there's even like the police like pull up next to the batwing in a helicopter and order him to release his prisoner and he drops the guy into like a pool on a skyscraper and it's like that is not safe (laughs) no it
1: it seems like an awfully small target uh especially
0: especially after confirming
1: uh for the audience uh that that he has fainted um because it's a cartoon so if somebody goes unconscious you have to say what happened to them you can't just be like you know whatever because then everyone will think that he died and then uh you know standards and practices will like lose it but uh but in this they're like he, he fainted he fainted and then the police are like you gotta you know descend and you know drop off your person and uh like this happens routinely And uh, he, he, How
0: how many times do they have to ask Batman to, like, not carry people around on the front of his airplane? (laughs) Please don't plunge people
1: in the Gotham River anymore. Uh, (laughs) Please just drop them in that pool on top of that skyscraper where they can't easily receive medical attention. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's weird. It's very strange. And I, I don't even know if it's the first time we've seen... The batwing in the animated series but it's very toyetic because they focus on it quite a bit
0: so yeah it's it's very toyetic it's very it's it's weird i don't think it it lands particularly well it feels a little bit like they had six minutes to fill and they couldn't just have him like grab the guy outside the pool hall and yell at him right so they had to do this uh lengthy kind of pseudo action sequence um and I don't know. It could have been fun, but it just. It. I think it's. I think it's probably the weakest part of the, uh, of the uh, the two parter. Um, the weakest scene in in the in the whole two episodes.
1: Yeah, and you especially feel the reduced either animation budget or capacity that the other mm-hmm. facility had here, because there there are, it's not a lot happening. Um, but the uh, uh, the sound design. I think for the Batwing has mm-hmm. always been super cool. It's kind of like a very silent humming air mm-hmm. noise. And then all yeah. of a sudden it goes to TIE fighter
0: whenever it makes a yes, turn. Yes, It has a very TIE fighter sound when it makes a turn. I don't know if it's actually a TIE fighter sound or if that's just a, you know, s- inspired sound design, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Cl-
1: close enough without a lawsuit. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it it's, it's neat though. And I always, I always liked, uh, the animated version of the Batwing. Um, the, uh batman movie version uh the the first one with michael keaton that was sort of ugly looking um in my opinion i think that this one is a little better uh and the uh ones that come later uh, after they do the sort of animation revision after they do more batman episodes after they've started superman i think that batwing is not as interesting as this one is uh the the it's it's unpleasant. The the Batman Forever one is interesting in that it has weird morphing wing topology, um, but then then it blows up. So who cares? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I like I like the design of the uh, the the vehicles in the Batman anime series. I think they all they all clearly look of a type, as if they came from the same place. Uh, and I think they're also all pretty good. They're all sleek and kind of um, they don't t- tend to have too much detail on them because uh, we see the Batwing a couple times. Uh, there 's a bat boat that can also be a submarine that I think we might only see like twice, and then i, I like the bat the batmobile um, and then occasionally the, they bust out the bat cycles, which there 's not really much to say about the bat cycles no. the they 're black motorcycles. Uh, I think their notable thing is that they have helmets that Batman and Robin wear that uh, fit that, the ears um, uh-huh. the, the helmet the helmets have slots for the ears on his his you know his cowl um, which is uh, i i don't know how you order those helmets inconspicuously
1: um I imagine <laughs> he just like drills a hole or something, but uh. no, but
0: i the helmet has like ear shapes it 's not just the ears stick through they 've got like the the helmets the helmets uh, i both on the outside look like they have ears and then presumably have ears uh ear shots, slots inside them so um Oh dear, I don't, I don't remember. even
1: remember that. Um uh, but the they're, they're I remember gone. the bat boat in the one that's kind of like that James Bond thing with the underwater city and Mr. Freeze. That that yes. one? Yep. Yeah. Um but but anyway, bat vehicles. Um the the Batwing, uh then uh he he meanders back to the Batcave. Uh and Bruce Wayne is like, Okay, now I'm just gonna go put on some civilian clothes and crawl into a hospital window.
0: <laughs> as you do.
1: <laughs> as as Any totally normal, totally not guilty person
0: does. (laughs) Not his best choice. And so so we kind of, because it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it seems like they wanted this kind of dual cliffhanger um, Mm -hmm. of Matt Hagen's in a car turned into a monster and Bruce Wayne gets arrested. Um, The Bruce Wayne gets arrested, um, you know, cliffhanger at the end of part one is not very exciting because it immediately gets resolved in the, in, ep- in the start of episode two, <laughs> uh, which just tells you, you like, you, you can't put a millionaire in jail for very long. Cause like he is just out right away. Uh, even though he is, I mean, I guess, I mean, he's, he's on trial for like attempted murder, right? Yeah. Uh, but he's just, he's out next, the next time we see him, he's walking out of the, uh, the police station with his lawyer. Um, and he drop he gets right into his, uh, his, his car, Alfred picks him up and he's got the bat suit waiting for him. And like, he is, he is Batman out on the streets right away. That is a revolving door that, that is, that tells you so much about what's wrong with Gotham. Um, you know the batman king batman is, is back out there as batman like in an hour uh presumably all of the villains are back out there in like you know two hours because they're not as hot they don't have as fancy lawyers i guess um,
1: well i assume that's because he's a ceo um yeah. you know which also explains gotham's ceo problem uh yeah. but <laughs> yeah uh, he he he's like yeah i know exactly what to do now um I'm going to go after the the germs guy and then uh you know wait no sorry not go after germs he wants to watch to see who gets sent to uh take care of Lucius um because he's fairly certain someone's going to kill him and this is also clayface's plan after one of those domestic violence scenes with Teddy uh where he's just like yeah this is my plan uh I can't make can't make it anymore in this trailer let's pack up all my stuff. And then we're going to go to the hospital. Then you're going to wait in the car and I'm going to turn into a doctor. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of stuff with him discovering his sort of powers here in the trailer uh, where he's like reflexively changing. And then there's the line of dialogue. You're reflexively changing. <laughs> and, uh, it, again. And it, it's uh, also uttered by Batman later on, even though he has no knowledge of why he would know that, uh, about the reflex, but uh, he, it, that, that, is mentioned and the uh uh stuff that that goes on in terms of like him tr- turning into himself as these characters is interesting but we also get the weird dialogue of like oh clothes are made out of your skin and it's like oh good good teddy thanks for <laughs> thanks for talking about that
0: <laughs> they have the there is the, the um cuz he he does the thing where uh, they have the conversation about his accident and um and how he started working for Daggett which is totally just for the viewer because it's like that you guys you guys are just talking about this thing that you know um why are yeah. you talking about this again? And it's it's also, it's, I feel like it's even a little bit more heavy-handed, like, in case you did not see the first part when this, like, re-airs in syndication or something, right? Because uh, cause their conversation doesn't really make any sense, right? It's right. like, as you know, I was yeah. in a horrible, tragic accident, as we discuss every week. Um, <laughs> and he's got his... He also has... Uh, I don't know if we see it in this episode or if it's only in the previous episode. He has, like, newspaper clippings of his horrible, tragic accident on his, like... Uh, on his mirror that he sits in front of, and it's like that doesn't make any sense. Like, that doesn't feel like something you would do, especially given A, if you were in a tragic accident, but B, it's also like it's kind of a secret, right? Like, he's using this, uh, the renew you drug to like conceal his, uh, um, his, his scars from the accident. So it's like, you would not keep news clippings of the horrible thing that happened to you on your mirror that you looked at every day, uh, especially if you're then covering it up later. But I guess it's just, it's there for the viewer. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I, I also feel that way about Daggett's little speech as he's walking mm-hmm. around talking to germs. Yep. Um, where it's just like, as you know from part one, uh, all of these things about how I tried to incriminate and uh, 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 Bruce uh, tried to get the stuff from Bruce Wayne um Luci- lucius fox's you know loose end but i'll get the marketing department soon once you
0: once you kill him <laughs> and uh, he says that he wants to buy uh wayne industries which i didn't totally understand you know because that um, wasn't
1: that wasn't even part of part one um, i didn't think so so because yeah. or at
0: least i don't i don't understand i mean i guess i don't have a great uh, sense of how big these two companies are um but like I don't know. Roland Daggett seems to have to do like a lot of micromanagement for somebody who theoretically runs a company big enough to buy uh, Wayne Industries, Uh, unless maybe it's like now Wayne Industries has been discredited and he get it get it for a deal or something. But uh, yeah, Yeah. there's 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 a lot of as you know, Bob uh, conversations (laughs) in the the first part of this, uh, um, which you know some of that may just be because they for people who are watching it when it's uh, airing in syndication and they want to fill you in for what you missed if you didn't see the part one. Uh, but it's not it's not very elegantly done. <laughs> um, no,
1: it is it is not elegant, especially since some of this stuff is not really like part of the reason why mm-hmm. things happened in the first episode, yeah. um, like the marketing department and the will you know take over Wayne Enterprises because they don't talk about a hostile takeover of Wayne Enterprises in part one at all. They just talk about we've finally got the documents on Daggett. You know we'll we'll get him. Uh, uh, behind bars before he can put his socks on or something is is mm-hmm. what Lucia says, and uh, but in, in this in this part two it's like yes I will finally have their marketing department so that I can send all of my stuff out to people because renew you will change everything once I once I have a marketing department it's it's very weird yeah, it, um, it doesn't hold together
0: um, and no. this is this is the first appearance of uh, Roland Daggett who they created for this episode uh, he's not from the comics. Um, and he does come back later, um, but it feels like they didn't totally know what they wanted to do with him. And he, I mean, I guess he, he kind of becomes a little bit more of just a generic, or at least they, they settle on making him just kind of, he's this more generic, uh, you know, CEO villain who, uh, he's involved, he has, he's involved with a lot of like pharmaceutical related things. Um, so like, you know, that, that comes up later where, uh, and also land deals. There's a there, there's a whole episode where he's gonna blow up like a huge part of Gotham to depreciate value. <laughs> Turns out, blowing stuff up really uh, lowers the the value of it. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess he's he's involved in basically all the bad the bad industries. <laughs> so real estate speculation and chemicals. <laughs> so
1: I, I think they mostly just wanted to have him come back because they like Ed Asner uh because he's the voice of roland daggett um which is the best part about roland daggett because the rest of roland daggett is uninteresting uh in the extreme uh but you know we have the the scene with him and germs and they're walking through chemical vat factory because nothing bad ever happens in places like that uh and then they uh have germs go to the hospital and this is ed begley jr of uh star trek voyager and arrested development fame uh, as well as other things um but he he's he does a good job as as germs of sounding like someone who has a uh, certain affectations about about his exposure to to things that might pathogens that might affect him
0: uh, and so, and that's basically he, you know, Batman shows up and thwarts him and he chases him through the hospital and he stumbles into the worst room you could go into <laughs> if you have a germ phobia, because it's like the room of dramatic signs about how awful everything in the room is, right? Yeah. Uh, w- with all the contaminants and whatnot. Uh, and then Batman, uh, he, Batman gets his second interrogation scene of the uh, the two-parter where he's, he's got, I, this one I thought was at least a little bit more clever. Um where he's basically questioning him and he puts a vial on a shelf over his head and is basically punching the wall. So the vial like inches closer and closer to the edge of the shelf. Uh, And then we get the reveal that it's just, it's a vial of um, or jar of like seawater. Right. So uh,
1: seawater for analysis. So it could have had something in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why that's in your room of evil, horrible uh, diseases and um, contaminated blood and whatnot. um, But it is um and then clayface basically shows up uh, and and interrupts them um and you know i the the animation quality i i did notice um that the animation quality is pr- pretty different between part 1 and parts 2 and uh having watched a lot of different episodes of batman in in short uh series in the last couple of weeks uh i have you know i think as a kid i was totally unaware of it but like you do notice different animation styles from one episode to another and uh some are you know a lot more fluid and some are a lot more rigid uh, and some just look better um but i think the animation quality of this one is a lot better and it's good because i mean we get a lot with uh, clayface doing his kind of crazy uh shape-shifting powers um that I think they do a pretty good job with animating it. And, and even just the way they, they visualize it. So, you know, Clayface basically comes in as a cop and interrupts them. And Batman kind of starts to argue with him and he just like reaches out his arm and his arm extends and throws Batman up against the wall. And then like, he tears part of his body off and like stubs it in the mouth of, uh, of germs, uh, to get him to stop screaming. And like, that was, that was pretty like unsettling and, and, uh, mm-hmm. uh disturbing visuals for this. Um, so I I thought that I mean I could, Clayface works particularly well as a a villain for animation because they can do all this crazy shape shifting and uh, turning his arm into like a giant metal hand or into like a wall of bricks uh, that I guess you could do with CGI uh, but probably wouldn't look great for television CGI um, or at least would be very expensive to do for uh, for movies um, I mean the uh, they do for one of the Spider Man movies they have. Uh, Spider-Man fights Sandman, and Sandman and, and and Clayface are very similar themed villains, right? In terms of like, they're these shape shifting uh, monster creatures. Uh, Sandman's kind of, I would say, a little bit lamer. So yeah, well, uh, he, can't, and-
1: he can't change into anything other than himself, really. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I worked on Spider-Man three, so <laughs> I have I have I have is a bit of a pain point, but yeah, I, I mean, he's he's not as cool as Clayface, and uh, but but Clayface uh. Also, I I feel like there's some sort of influence of uh, the T-1000 slash anime body horror stuff of like, you know, Akira or something, (laughs) Um, because there there is a lot of fluidity to the movement. And in terms of like the animation style, I think that's probably why they had maybe they budgeted to go with uh, this this studio over the other over any of the the other candidates because I, I think they used several rotating studios through the course of the uh series uh and and subsequent series it, it you, can't, you couldn't just like load up one place with all this nope, work they, to do.
0: they're all over the place i think there's i think yeah. there's at least three or four um if not more than that um but i think there's like three or four main ones that they use heavily um but yeah i, I think that was a good choice then because i think it, it, um, it, it pays off and, you know, and they do a lot of weird things, you know. So, I mean, Batman chases Clayface up to the roof and he kind of transforms uh, from the police officer into his Clayface persona. And then he does this thing where his face turns into looking like Batman and that freaks Batman out. And I was like, that that was pretty cool. Like, that was, I don't know uh, why that needed to be in there other than just to be kind of cool and to be kind of uh, T-1000-esque. But like that, I thought that was a pretty neat uh uh, thing to do in there and to to you know to see batman kind of reeling and freaked out by this this weird thing because uh you know batman fights a lot of uh strange things but uh clayface is probably one of the strangest creatures um yeah uh, that I, he has well to i think with.
1: i think that was in there to set up batman saying he changes on reflex when he's talking to alfred later um
0: but yes yes,
1: yes. yeah i i, I mean I, this is my assumption uh but the the it, The scene unfolds where he's doing all kinds of wacko stuff that we didn't see him do before. Um, Hands that are bricks and uh, hands that turn into metal claws, um, but it's clay. Um, And, you know, all all that stuff. Uh, There's the retrieving germs so he's not thrown off. And there is the final moment where Clayface just gets tuckered out uh and batman's like oh all that shape-changing really took a lot out of you huh it's like thank thank you for telling the audience of small children that um because they didn't cotton onto it Uh, but uh then uh the police are coming and oh no what's gonna happen and he jumps off of the thing and then batman tries to save him um, but it's sort of like you know a cheese slicer, or you know if you're if you're well, like literally if you're slicing clay, you'd use a wire, um, so it slices right through him. And then he smashes into the concrete, and then goes into a grate. Um, and he's he's smiling as he does it. It it, it is really distinctive. Um, you, you you know it's the sort of visual imagery that you remember after seeing the the visual imagery. That's a little redundant. It's the sort of imagery that you remember seeing after. Uh, uh, this episode is over uh, as opposed to some of the other moments, but uh, the the character disappears with the sewer drain and uh, Batman is sort of befuddled by all of this, but tries to process it and talk to Alfred about it and formulate a plan for what he's going to do later on. Um, Cause he assumes that he's going to go after Daggett. And uh, you know, we get the, the, uh, the abusive relationship with Teddy and the, I don't know, chicken or turkey that he was bringing out to him. It was very, it was very weird what was happening. Uh, and you know, I don't need food. I don't need rest. Uh, and I don't need you. And then he knocks him into the bookcase. Um, so it, it, it's pretty dramatic. And uh, he peels out of there. And Daggett um, is going to go on this talk show thing. And that's probably not a good idea. Because uh, only bad things could happen. And then <laughs> bad things do happen uh, Batman's plan is that he has images to sort of trigger the reflex that he's loading up onto the VCR tapes I and like when
0: uh, Batman s- sneaks into the control room in his because uh, Batman actually has a bunch of good disguises in the Batman animated series. His janitor disguise is his worst disguise because it's, <laughs> like, a hat. And, like, I think he's wearing, like, coveralls. But, like, he's also just – he's just dressed as Batman. So, like, he takes the hat off and it's Batman. It's like, you know, if somebody had, like, made eye contact with you while you were wheeling your little cart around, your entire plan would have been blown because you oh. would be <laughs> conspicuously Batman or a janitor who is, thinks he's Batman. <laughs> so.
1: Or, like, looked at the back of your head. It yes. – it doesn't seem like a good plan. No. Um, but he goes into that control room and he, and he sets up the VHS tapes for a scene later on, which is some good planning. Uh, and we get the, the sort of talk show thing here with Daggett, who's talking about renew you and all the advantages that it provides. And, uh, how I can let you remold your face, which sounds not FDA approved, but I'm assuming that in the world of Batman there is no FDA. I felt uh, bad
0: because they use the character of Summer Gleason, who's like you know like a journalist anchor person in Gotham, but apparently on this it's just like like. Running an infomercial, <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, you know, media people—they're all the same. There's only there's only three of them in Gotham, so you know, if you're on the TV, you get this person, even though this is clearly not their job. Um, well, you got yeah. you got to you got to fund the media somehow, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> the they, they, we we get a nice little audience moment here, uh, where Clayface is disguised as uh, this. S- s- woman in the audience who is a little uh I don't know. Uh she she kind of looks like Roseanne Barr. Um like a very angry Roseanne Barr. Um well I guess that's redundant, but uh she she goes up and she's she's yelling at Daggett about the the side effects of his his uh process and uh, about how nobody no retailer wants to carry it. All of a sudden retailers of consciousness uh are very worried about customers, which is very strange, but uh, uh, she she starts hammering him on the stuff, and then the security guards come over, and she knocks them handily away, uh, and and approaches Daggett, who is growing even more concerned, uh, and and unable to to even deflect the tiniest amount of criticism, uh, and uh then it turns into playface. Well, why don't you tell him about me? And then all of a sudden, it goes from the the woman's voice to Ron Perlman's voice, and uh. Uh, you get the nice body horror moment of someone shredding apart into strands of clay and then reforming into a clay person in front of everyone in the audience and them all like running and screaming commercial break. Um, and uh, you, you know, you come back in and Batman's like, well time to not be a janitor and stop this now. And uh, you know, swings in <laughs> from a rafter. <laughs> There's always a rafter. It it, it, it's interesting because I think the geometry of that it wouldn't have allowed much swinging, but uh, he he swings pretty hard and knocks uh, Clayface over to the side, and this allows Daggett the opportunity to escape. And then Batman's like, "Nope, you're an evil CEO, and I have you know a conscience about this, so I'm just gonna like harpoon you, and you'll stay here. Um, I'll just bola you, and uh, so he's wrapped up and staying put." and then Clayface is very angry again and does the claw thing, uh, and uh, they, they
0: they fight until they get to the control room, um, which we, is... Uh, I th- I think there's some nice stuff there in the fight in terms of, again, doing weird stuff with, with Clayface where he, like, you know, he throws, like, a giant hand at him that catches him, and there's a part where he, like, basically, like, just, like, loses both of his arms to fit through a doorway, and then the kind of the final thing where he's just, like, he's just kind of, like, forcing the clay from his own chest, like, to, like... <laughs> like uh pin batman up against the the screens where he is and uh they i don't know they definitely do some imaginative stuff there where it's not just like them trading punches.
1: Oh yeah. I, this is significantly better than your average uh batman brawl. Yeah. Um the especially when they get to the control room uh and there are the the moments where he starts seeing the images of himself and at first you're like why are these cuts so long like they just keep showing these reaction shots like big deal whatever and then all of a sudden he starts like shredding and popping from one form to another and you're like oh this is very tetsuoesque um this yes, is, very. is very strange uh and it, it, you know he gets like the the cyborg arm mixed with the cowboy body and like he's just flipping out cuz he doesn't he doesn't have a way to process uh what is what is unfolding here um and the the body transformation is off the chain as the kids say, Uh, and uh, Batman is even a little surprised by how effective this was.
0: Uh, Fortunately, the police come in. Yeah, and and we need some witnesses. Batman's plan was a little weak because he needs somebody to exonerate Bruce Wayne, and thankfully, like, three cops show up at just the right time. Well, three cops show up just in time to see him turn
1: into Bruce Wayne for no reason. Yep. yep uh which is interesting uh and presumably there is other better evidence than this um but it is not on display here uh and, and then uh after the all the smashing and stuff he starts going up against all of the uh television monitors destroys all of them and he uh uh sort of fake
0: electrocutes himself um yeah this yeah. does that make any sense <laughs> no i don't understand He appears to die, and then we get this kind of closing moment where Batman is back in the Batcave, and he's got a sample of the clay and is electrocuting it, and he has this little conversation with Alfred, and the implication is, you know, it looked like Clayface electrocuted himself and then died, and Batman concludes that uh, that probably didn't happen And then to really make it clear, we've got the one last scene where where Teddy is like outside the hospital where Clayface's body is in the morgue and he says goodbye and uh, a woman walks past and kind of starts laughing at Teddy and then her laugh turns into Ron Perlman's haunting laugh. Um, with
1: the yellow eyes So yeah
0: so yeah i would because it's a little so i mean in part they do it so that because it's it makes it spooky and dark so he and he can come back again if they want um though they wait a, a long time before they do that um which i think is is good i think uh i, I think you know clayface you want to you want to deploy clayface uh strategically and not just have him be a villain of the week um but i was a little unclear i mean why did he fake his death especially, or w- when was he in control of what he was doing and when was he not in control um, of what he was doing? Cause he clearly was freaking out and, and, uh, basically the cops were able to figure out that this was linked to whatever weirdness was going on with, uh, Bruce Wayne. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of fakes getting electrocuted cause, cause he's fine. <laughs> um, so I was unclear how much that, that made sense. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's what I, happened. <laughs> I'm curious how much of
1: it was performance and how much of it was him actually reflexively having an issue. Yeah, um, because I, I I suspect some part of that was things went south for him. I don't think his exit plan was to do this, uh, but I think that became his exit plan uh, as you know the cops showed up and Batman was there and he couldn't stop changing form, but. Having said that, I don't... And uh, like they said, you know, oh, there's just a shell in the morgue. It's like, I don't know when he surreptitiously left the shell. um, Because that seems weird. But uh, at some point, he slithered out of himself um, and turned into that woman on the street. Uh, But it's... It it is a a series of haunting images. um, And, uh, uh, you know, very distinctive and... Uh, Quite so, especially when you consider that it's a children's Saturday morning program. Uh, In in light of that, I think, you know, the fact that it's a little unclear about that is actually kind of impressive because I don't think children can really cope with that kind of ambiguity. But, uh, good, you know, good for them for putting that in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's some weird... Mixtures of of kind of themes in there in terms of like I mean I think there's a lot they do with Batman where like I mean it's hard there's a lot of gangsters and there's cops and they you know there's a lot of people running around with guns and they do a lot of avoiding like people shooting each other right like people shoot signs and people shoot you know things that cause people to fall down and things like that and so like in one way like Clayface works great for that because as a, as a villain to put in this cartoon because he's like he's this monster he's kind of otherworldly there is going to be a lot of him like. Uh, you know, punching and doing weird things with his his powers uh, that could be very cartoony, um, but they ended up being played much more f- so for just like like horror, right? I mean, uh-huh. um, and, yeah. and 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 are kind of disturbing. And his transformations, uh, like I mean, there there you could imagine there being a goofy version of Clayface, and that is not what we get here. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because I mean, I feel like there's almost this like we want to stay away from one kind of. Uh, violence and disturbing images that we can't show kids and you end up with something else that is still pretty kind of visually disturbing and and horrific. Even if it's like people don't get shot, uh, instead people get, you know, lose their humanity and become these giant monsters that can't control their transformations and freak out and die. Except not really.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the, the dark body horror stuff, it kind of pops up every now and then inside of the Batman animated series. Um, like, uh, uh,
0: what was the episode? Heart of Steel? Yes, or yes, yeah. the, the um, Blade Runner esque episode with the uh, replicants basically replacing people in Gotham. Uh, yeah, they, like all
1: of a sudden they start ambling around on all fours in very peculiar fashions that are inhuman. Um, and and, and you know that, that that's not to be expected necessarily from a children's
0: cartoon show. Definitely, it's it's, it's they're, They do some. It's it's. Some things are very comic and mischievous and then other times it's like, no this is gonna be weird. Uh there's some Poison Ivy episodes. Uh there's an episode of uh where Poison Ivy is basically like cloning uh people and they become these monstrous plant monsters that are that are quite they age rapidly and then like explode and it's very disturbing. Um so they definitely they go back to that a, a little bit but it's it's weird in a, in an attempt to avoid basically showing certain kinds of violence they end up doing stuff that's actually maybe even more disturbing huh? <laughs> um than than other kinds of comic violence um yeah I don't know, I think this was a, a great uh two-parter to pick there's a lot in here. Um I don't know there's a, definitely a lot of, of extremely memorable visuals that uh I think have stuck with me from the first time I've seen this episode and uh it was it was fun to rewatch it and revisit those. Uh and, and you know remember that this was nominally something that we thought was okay to show to children. So <laughs> with their yeah, I- anti-capitalist uh disturbing drug addiction uh you know monster uh agendas. So <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it was the Clinton presidency. I think <laughs> it's a different uh, time. Yeah. But,
0: but uh, no, the the uh,
1: first first Clinton presidency. I should probably correct myself. Uh, depending on when this podcast is released. Um, but the the uh, uh, the funny thing about this is also uh, the the frequency of when Clayface shows up in things is not really there. Like uh, compared to other Batman rogues gallery villains. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in the animated series, but overall, um, you typically don't see Clayface. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never been in any of the movies uh, or hinted at in any of the movies, to my knowledge. And uh, he's never uh, appeared in any of the other animated series that I've seen. He might have been in The Batman, but I never saw that one. Um, he, he He's also supposedly in the comics and very different in his initial incarnation from what we see in the
0: animated series. Yeah. I'm going to say, but, I don't... I mean, I've read... There's yeah. obviously a lot of Batman. And I've read only a small chunk of it. But in the many years of Batman comics I've read, I don't think I've seen Clayface ever appear. So, yeah, they, he does no. not come up a lot. And, you know, they do some things where, like, I think they clearly went to obscure villains from the comic and reinvented them for the animated series, but did it in such distinctive ways that are extremely memorable. But, yeah, you're right. He, We don't see a lot of him across the other Batman media. No,
1: and he, he really uh like this is clayface for me. So if I were to be shown any other form of clayface, I would reject it. Because yes. the, I will tell the, you,
0: the, I, you're not I I can I assume that you're not watching the television show Gotham uh because <laughs> oh god, there is spoilers for the last season of Gotham, Clayface appears. Uh at least in what they've done with him so far, it's very disappointing. <laughs> so, it's the version they have is just a guy who can look like other people. So, um you know, they, they do the TV budget version of him, which is like, he can look like other people that are played by actors who are just playing a different version of themselves um, because having him do crazy transformations, uh, maybe he'll do those later, but presumably that was uh, cost prohibitive, even though that's a little, kind of the exciting part about Clayface compared to your more generic you know, uh, chameleon people, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, and
1: I wonder how much of that, the version we see in the animated series Stems from the fact that it was animated and they Mm -hmm. could do all of this, and also how, uh, like, knowing story wise that they could do this, that that how much of that influenced what they ended up writing, and also how much of it was influenced by seeing, you know, like Terminator Two, Judgment Day, Uh, because there's a lot of stuff of like morphing into other things that seems very reminiscent of that, and it was, you know, not too distantly released from, uh, the cartoon, but the. I I, I like the sort of psychological angle that's here too, the tortured soul, the vanity, the actor who uh, wishes he could be um, like he was back in the old days. It's sort of sunset Boulevard-esque, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's got um, some, some really interesting dimension to him other than the fact that he changes shape. Uh, I think some of that dimension is lost in some of the, some of the other appearances he has, um, in he's, the animated series,
0: he's definitely a lot more one note where he's just, you know, he, he's, he's a monster. He can't do anything about it. He's angry. Uh, he's, you know, trying to do something this week to like, uh, stay alive or, or return to a previous form. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely, uh, I mean, there's a lot to this story that, um, I guess they just kind of like, Nope, that's done now. He's, he's angry. He's a villain now. Um, and and that it's tricky because some 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 batman villains are interesting uh more in like their downfall and how they became a villain and some villains are interesting in what they do after they're a villain uh and th- this one is definitely one that works uh, that is interesting um you know in, in terms of how he became that i think you know uh, mr freeze is similar right like how mr freeze ends up the way he is is, is interesting when later he's like, "Well, now I'm the way I am, and I shoot things with a freeze gun. Deal with it." Like that's that's a little <laughs> less interesting. Um, so they had to find ways to kind of uh, revisit what, what is going to motivate you this week, uh, and they do that in some episodes, right? They they yeah. people make him promises about bringing his wife back or things like that. But uh, well, Joe. Th- Thank you very much for, for joining me. This was a lot of fun. We had a lot to say about these uh, these two episodes because there's, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in them. Uh, it's very memorable. Uh, this was fun. So thank you for being my guest. Uh, I encourage uh, people, if this is your first time uh, here in Joe Steele, uh, check out his other stuff on the Incomparable Network. He pops up all over the place, or you can find him regularly on Defocused uh, with some other guy.
1: I, I'm just glad that I had the opportunity to be on and uh, discuss this episode with you because it is one of the ones that I... Uh, vividly remember
0: well thanks Joe and goodbye nerds On the next episode of our uh, coverage of Batman the Animated Series, uh, Aline Sims and I will discuss uh, Shadow of the Bat, Part 1 and Part 2.